When I think about humility, I always think about it first in relation to sin. I've got every reason to be humble because my sins are many. But there's more to humility than being put in our place on account of our sins. Jesus was humble, and there is no sin in him. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, that's a great point. No sin in Jesus, yet he was humble. And that is huge because uh, it reminds us that humility is not merely on account of our failure. It is actually a virtue. This is godlike. Yeah. And here God in the flesh comes to us in humility. I want to be like Jesus Christ. I want to become more godly, more godlike in my life than the cultivation of the virtue of humility. And the experience of the blessing of humility. We're going to look today, Steve, at why humility is a blessing. Mm -hmm. Why your life becomes rich as humility becomes greater. Pride is a killer. It creates all kinds of difficulties in a person's life, quite apart from the stains of sin. Humility is a blessing. Well, it is, and we're going to take a look at how we actually cultivate humility in today's message. If you can, join us in Matthew chapter 5 as we continue the message, Cultivating Humility. Here's Pastor Colin. Growing in humility will nourish your love for others. So someone here who is struggling in a marriage, in a relationship where there is real, real difficulty, and the whole question of, of love in its decline is before us, and the whole question of how love can be revived is before us. Now, what does the Scripture say to us about this? Well, you know 1 Corinthians 13 very well. Let's think about love. Love does not boast. Love is not arrogant. Love does not insist on its own way. It is pride that is self-seeking. It is pride that is easily provoked. Think of it this way, friends. Pride will be like a bucket of cold water poured on the fires of love. Humility, in contrast, fans into flame the embers of a dying love. Humility will do that. Get on this first ring. This is where hope of recovery in an ailing marriage begins. Why is it ailing? Why has love been damped down? You can be sure that pride has a huge part in this. You come to the place and you say, do I really love him anymore? And the world says, you've got to think about yourself, you know. And Jesus says exactly the opposite. He says, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also into the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. What did he do? He humbled himself. He humbled himself. Growing in humility, it'll help you stand when trial comes. It will nourish love in difficult situations. Here's the third thing. Growing in humility will help you stand against temptation. Everyone fights temptation of one sort or another. How do you do that? How do you stand all of you will be able to help me uh, complete this statement that's taken from the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs. What is it that comes before a fall? Answer, pride comes before 
a fall. That's Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. The New Testament way of saying that is in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Let the person who thinks he stands be very careful lest he should fall. So if pride comes before a fall, if thinking that you stand is the condition of heart in which you are very likely to fall, then what is the condition of heart in which you are likely to stand? The answer is this, it is humility. Humility will help you to stand, for he who knows that he can easily fall is the one who is more likely to stand when you know the weakness of the flesh then you will be the person who does watch and does pray and therefore does not fall into temptation. So what we're seeing here, you see, is that pride is a kind of gateway sin that opens the door to all other sins. Once pride gains a foothold in the heart, all kinds of other sins come in. Think about places where you have fallen and you will see that pride has always gone before. And similarly, humility is a gateway blessing. Let humility occupy your heart and all kinds of other blessings are going to begin to flow into your life and into your marriage and into your ability to stand against temptation and into your ability to stand in the place of trial. It it goes everywhere in life. That's why Jesus puts it first. Got to get on the first ring. One more blessing. And for some, this will be the most important of all today. Growing in humility will release you from the tyranny of self. Growing in humility will release you from the tyranny of self. Now, I'm speaking to a few in the congregation, and I hope that at this point you will listen up. There will be some here today, and you're thinking like this, Pastor Colin, you have no idea how far removed I am from the idea of pride. I don't love myself. If you knew the truth, the truth is this, I hate myself. I despise myself. I sometimes think of harming myself. That's you. I want you to listen up in this moment as to how the Word of God speaks into your life. I want to give you a quote from A.W. Tozer that I have found to be very helpful. He says this, listen, self, self, whether it is swaggering or groveling, can never be other than hateful to God. You know, self sometimes swaggers, self sometimes grovels. But, says Tozer, self, whether it's the swaggering version or whether it's the groveling version, doesn't make very much difference, either are hateful to God. Boasting, he says, is an evidence that we are pleased with self. Belittling is an evidence that we are disappointed with self. Either way, the point he makes is simply this. We are focused on self. Self is dominating. Self is at the center. Whether you're hating yourself, whether you're loving yourself, 
Self is on the throne. And self is always a tyrant. And self on the throne will destroy you, whether it's the swaggering sort or the groveling sort. And the one way to have deliverance from the tyranny of self, whichever variety you suffer from, is to lay hold of the first ring, which is the place of humility. For you, with your desire to harm yourself and your hate of yourself, to say to Jesus Christ in all humility, I have to receive from you what I do not have in myself. It's every bit as hard for the swaggering self to get on the cross as to be nailed there. Every bit as hard for the groveling self. But here is the one place of deliverance from both varieties. The great blessing of humility. Pastor Colin Smith here on Open the Bible, part of our message, Cultivating Humility. Now we're going to pause right here, but we'll get back to the message in just a moment. You know, if I were to ask you, how do you kind of keep growing in your Christian life? Maybe you've got to a point where you feel like your love for Christ has kind of grown cold or you've kind of stalled out. You feel numb. You're not growing in a relationship with God anymore. Well, that's what Pastor Cullen's book, Momentum, is all about. It's about pursuing the blessing of God through the Beatitudes. Because there may be a time in your life where you feel just kind of stuck, numb. You want growth, but you're not sure how to get there, how to change, what to do. You want to live under the blessing of God, but you're not sure where to begin. Well, that's what Cullen's book, Momentum, is all about. We'd love to send you a copy as our way of saying thank you for your financial support this month. You can find out more or give online by coming to our website, openthebible.org, or call us at 877-OPEN-365. That's 1-877-673-6365, or again, our website is openthebible.org. Well, if you happen to join us a bit late, we're in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5. Hope you'll grab a Bible and meet us there as we continue our message cultivating humility. Again, here is Pastor Colin. Now, let's get to this then. How then do we get onto this first ring? How are we to cultivate humility? Let me give to you these just very practical, practical steps. I want to encourage you to this pattern of life on an ongoing basis of regularly measuring yourself by the law of God, to measure yourself by the law of God. And I'm referring there to the scriptures as a whole, but I use the word law there for for a reason. When I was growing up uh, in Scotland, we used to sing a song about the Bible, and it went like this. Make the book live to me, O Lord. Show me thyself within thy word. Show me myself, and show me my Savior, and make the book live to me. Now, that's a wonderful way to read the Bible. There's more to reading the Bible than reading the Bible. You've got to read the Bible for a purpose. A music teacher who must have been very frustrated at my efforts at trying to play the piano, she said, there's more to practice than just practicing. Don't just go through the pieces. You've got to get better. You've got to gain something from practice. You've got to gain something from reading the Bible. What are you to gain from reading the Bible? Show me myself. 
and show me my Savior. That's what you have to gain from reading the Bible. So whatever you're reading in the Bible, read it with these two lenses. Lord, show me myself. Lord, show me my Savior. Measure yourself against everything that God is calling you to. Don't just read it. Measure yourself against it. So of the many passages of Scripture I've read in the last week or the last 10 days or so, one of them has been 1 Corinthians in chapter 13. I've been measuring myself against 1 Corinthians 13. I'm just trying to give you a practical example here. Love does not insist on its own way. Lord, is there a place where I'm insisting on my own way? Love is not irritable or resentful. Where have I been? Is there any place I've been irritable? And I spotted one. I had to apologize for it. Measure yourself by the Ten Commandments. Measure yourself by the Beatitudes. Measure yourself by the Great Commission. Measure yourself by the Sermon on the Mount. Measure yourself by anything, by everything that... God is calling you to do everywhere in the Bible as you read day by day. And guess what? You will find that every day you are poor in spirit. The swagger will be cut out of you. As you place yourself under the word of God, show me myself. Paul says something very, very fascinating. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24. It's about how all the commandments of God, which of course is the largest part of the Bible, everything that God calls us to do in the Old and the New Testament, how how is this to be used in the life of a Christian? And he says this in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24, the law was our guardian until Christ came. The word that he uses there, literally translated, is the word pedagogue. We might today use the word mentor mentor. It would be a reasonable translation of Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24 to put it like this, the law was given as a mentor to bring us to Jesus Christ. And I'm saying to you, use all the commands of God as a mentor to bring you to Jesus Christ every day, every day. Because the commandments of God rightly understood will cultivate humility. That's why there's so many of them, because I need that in my life every day. They'll bring you, like they bring me, to the place every day of saying, Lord, I do not have what it takes. Be to me what I am not. Give me what I have not. And here's the good news. Seeing your need is the place that Jesus describes when he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So instead of cutting yourself because of your exasperation at your failure to become something, you would bow before Jesus and find in him all that you need. The law, friends, will bring you to a place called poor in spirit, and Jesus Christ will meet you there. There is no other place to meet him, and there's no other way of getting there. But the law will bring you to a place called poor in spirit, 
And Jesus Christ will meet you there. So how to cultivate humility? This is the pattern of a person who becomes poor in spirit and who lives like this and who walks like this and who gains the momentum of this ring moving forward in in the Christian life. Here's something else just briefly. Not only are we to use the law of God to measure ourselves, but, but let's model ourselves on the Son of God. Now, here's something quite beautiful. When I think about humility, I always think about it first in relation to sin. I've got every reason to be humble because my sins are many. And I think that's probably the first thought that comes to most of our minds. But there's more to humility than being put in our place on account of our sins. Jesus was humble. And there is no sin in him. So Jesus was not humble on account of sin. This humility of Jesus sprang from another source because there's no sin in him. Andrew Murray was the writer who uh, opened this wonderful truth up for me, and he says this, if humility is to be our joy, if we're to find joy in it, if we're to go after it, if we would say this is the most beautiful thing in the world and I want more of it, If humility is to be our joy, we must see that it is not only a mark of shame because of our sin, but that humility, he says, is being clothed with the very beauty and blessedness of heaven and of Jesus. Humility, quite apart from anything to do with sin, is to be clothed with the very beauty and the blessedness of heaven and of Jesus. And he goes on to explain that uh, humility involves something much deeper than contrition, that it is actually a participation in the life of Jesus. And since Jesus is humanity perfected, we find in humility the highest glory of being made in the image of God. How beautiful. How beautiful. And I called this series Beauty for Ashes for this reason. That the Beatitudes describe the radiance, the beauty of uh, the life that is in Jesus Christ. Christ burns pride to ashes in his people. And he replaces it with the beauty of a humble heart. Model yourself on Jesus. Listen to him. Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. I mean, if Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own, how much more should I be saying that? Jesus said, I have not come to do my own will. If Jesus said that, how much more should I be saying that? Jesus said, I do not seek my own glory. If if Jesus said that, how much more should I be saying? And he says to all of us, take my yoke upon you and learn of me because I am lowly and humble of heart. So the law will bring you to the place where Christ will meet you. It's a place called poor in spirit. And and there Jesus says, yoke yourself to me, walk with me, model yourself on this life that I have lived. Here's the very last thing, just very briefly. Motivate yourself through the grace of God. 
want you to just to see and to go with this thought in our minds how, how rich the blessing is here. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The poor in spirit are blessed. Blessed. Humility is a grace that brings more grace. People who know their need and their poverty before God enter a blessing that brings greater blessing and gives momentum that leads to further blessing as we're going to go on to see God willing next week. So I want to encourage you to get on this first ring. Let us humble ourselves before God that in due time he may lift us up. God has gifts of grace for the humble. There are gifts of purity ahead. There are gifts of peace ahead. There are gifts of being able to forgive others ahead. And they can be yours. These graces can be yours too. Oh, they seem so far away from you right now. But get on this ring and you will find that you are beginning to move towards them. Come to Jesus Christ today. Tell him that you do not have what it takes to live this life. Tell him you can't change. Ask him to give you what you do not have. Trust him. Believe in him. Look to him. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to your cross I cling. Here's a description of a Christian. Christians are people who know their own poverty. They look to Jesus for what they do not have, and they know that in him they have all that they need. I love that definition. Christians are people who know their own poverty. They look to Jesus for what they do not have, and they know that in him they have all they need. That's Pastor Colin Smith here on Open the Bible. Our message today is called Cultivating Humility. It's part of a series called Momentum, which is all about how we make progress in the Christian life. It's taken from the Beatitudes, and it's not showing us how to become a Christian, but showing us what the Christian life looks like. If you ever miss a broadcast in the series, you can come to our website and listen online. The website is openthebible.org, and you can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. Again, that's at openthebible.org. Dot org. Well, Open the Bible is listener-supported. We're able to be on this station and bring you Pastor Collins teaching each day because of your generosity. But as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to say thank you by sending you a copy of Pastor Collins' book called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And Colin, you used an analogy to describe the Beatitudes. Tell us about that. Oh, well, if you picture a series of seven rings being suspended from a ceiling and imagine a person swinging on the first ring and then reaching the second and then swinging on the second ring to reach the third. I found that to be a very helpful analogy for the Beatitudes because the Beatitudes tell us not only what it means to be blessed, it tells us how we can pursue the blessing of God. So, for example, one of the Beatitudes tells us that the pure in heart are blessed. Mm -hmm. Well, you read that, blessed are the pure in heart, and you say, how do I get there? And the answer is, in order to get to the sixth Beatitude, you've got to swing on the ring of the first and get to the second, to the third, and to the fourth, and that will take you there. So, you see, this really answers the most important of questions. How do I grow in the Christian life? And it all begins 
with grasping hold of the first string, which is within everybody's reach, because Jesus starts by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, you begin when you know that you're in the place of not having what it takes and needing to receive from Christ himself what only he can give. Well, we would love to send you a copy of this book. Again, it is called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And it is our thank you gift as you give a gift of financial support this month. You can give online by coming to our website, openthebible.org, or call us at 1-877-OPEN-365. Again, the website is openthebible.org, and our phone number is 1-877-673-6365. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. God says, Blessed are those who mourn, but one kind of mourning leads to death. Another leads to comfort. Discover the difference next time on Open the Bible.